0: Hey there, and welcome to the Fanboy Strike Back Nuclear Review Podcast, episode 27.
1: Every week we get together, uh, we talk about comics, we love comics, we read all the comics that come out, and we go to our site, fanboystrikeback.com, we write a review of what we thought was the best book of the week, and then we come here to the podcast and we talk about everything. Uh, we we'll are talk about the comics, comic news, a top five. Uh, this week we had a lot of comics to go over, so we're just going to do comics and uh, Eric, you had uh, a lot of candidates for Book of the Week this week, so what'd you pick?
0: I did. It was tough. Um, well, I decided to go with Black Adam of the Dark Age, uh, number six, by Peter Tomasi and Doug Monkey. And this there was a lot of contenders. And yeah. this one is a seri- It's a mini-series that I felt started strong and stayed strong throughout the whole time. And really, like I, I felt this probably deserved a little bit more hype than it got. I never heard you know a whole lot about it online or anything like that right so uh I, I just was blown over by this especially for a character who before 52 like i didn't care about him at all and yeah, even that's true you know with world war three and everything like that you don't you can't really relate to the guy because he is so far out there and he, he's a mass murderer but you can understand his motivation i guess or 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 just to watch that progression of his character. It's an interesting fall. It's an interesting spiral that he's caught up in. And what this series has done is follow him after the aftermath of World War Three, while he searches for the the word that will bring out Black Adam again, uh, he's also trying to revive his lost wife. And in this this is the conclusion to where he's finally he's found all of the pieces of her amulet which Faust has Said that once you have that, he can create a spell that will bring her back, and so he's he's trying to put this all together. And oh, um, well, there's an interlude in the mo- in the middle of the story. And I'll get to that in a second. But there's just this great twist at the ending where we're back at uh, Doctor Fate's castle, and Faust, who was drawn incredibly creepy by Doug Mankey. His his yeah. his pencil strip this whole book were were great, but there, there's some the eyes that oh, it was it was really creepy. But uh, there was this great twist where they were gonna try and bring back, and you see the bones start to come alive again, and then it, it falls apart. It doesn't work, and and uh, of course Black Adam's pissed off and almost kills Faust, and ends up leaving and kind of condemns him to to stay there forever. But what we learned was that wasn't his wife; it was the, the remains of Ralph Dibney that were left there. Yeah, and I was pretty like, cool. It was. I was like, well, wait, because you you read about it, and it's like, thank for. Thanks for filling in, Mr. Dibney. And I was like, "Well, what? what wait, what? And a couple panels later, you see that w- that was his remains. And they actually were able to successfully revive his wife. But Faust has her under some kind of spell. So basically, I'm like, oh, he's dead man walking.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, when oh, Black Adam and, finds him, oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, there's, oh, like, and I can't wait for that story now, too, because, you know, that's got to be dealt with. And I, I'm excited with that. And I was just like, oh, that's that's fantastic. That's brilliant. Because now because yeah. if they just brought her back or or if it just had not worked, this really could have been the end of his art and right right would have had nothing else to go on. but now there's more story to be told and I'm like, thank you that's that's perfect.
1: but let's uh, let's talk about the interlude, because that was my favorite part
0: it was it was mine too uh, great part of this book is throughout every issue. Whenever he has downtime and he's just traveling around and and going from place to place, he is saying every word that comes to his mind with the hope that one of these words is going to be the word that will transform him into Black Adam. And as we know, the word was switched on him during the end of World War III. And he happens upon Fawcett City, which is the home of Captain Marvel, who's the one who changed the word. And he's like, I might have to do some sightseeing. Mm -hmm. And so he's walking through the town. He's thinking, you know, happiness chrome, comic books, ice cream, and he's just saying all these words, and he goes into this shop, you know, old 50s style diner shop, and he sits down, and the guy's making some uh, really kind of old-fashioned frosty drink at the counter, and he orders one, he's like, you know, give me the uh, whatever it is, and it, the, the lightning bolt comes through the window, and he's black at him, and this is where I really credit Doug pencils, because he's just sitting there perfectly calm, and the look on his face, he has this slight smile on his face. Well, everything around him is just kind of burnt up, and the kids sitting next to him don't know what the hell happened. And he's right. just, you know, very subtly is like, "Oh, Adam," or "Oh, oh, Billy." Always, oh, is, always oh, is the boy. And uh,
1: was the boy, yeah, because it was chocolate egg cream. So, yeah, you that's, know, that was the, the key word.
0: And uh, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, just during that last panel where he, after he's transformed, and he's sitting there, and he has that that little smile on his face. That was the, that was the panel that sold this whole book for me. And I was like, "Well, that's perfect. That is absolutely perfect."
1: Yeah, this was really good. Just like you said, I don't think that this really did get enough attention. Um, I had a couple of nitpicks, which are just little nitpicks. Um, I really would have liked for them to have ended it with him, you know, because we saw him in, um, in Countdown in the church with Mary Marvel. And, like, now we know the motivation behind him wanting to kind of get rid of his powers because, really, it's it's very sad at the end because you just see that he's just a heartbroken guy, you know? And he's just, he's lost the love of his life and he doesn't know what to do now. And it's like, he's just lovesick. But I would have liked to see him getting to that point where, like, okay, this is going to lead into Countdown. Like, to show the church or something like that, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think I think that bridge was there enough for me. Um, I, I realized like the the point he's in, where the point where he's gonna be. Uh, I think there's enough association there F- for me. That was it was fine. But uh,
1: I, have, I have another question though too. Okay, but isn't so? Aren't the the Marvels like Fawcett City? Isn't that in the multiverse?
0: Well, here's where we get tricky. Uh, sort of. <laughs> okay. So, it's the same thing as the JSA. The JSA are okay. still on on the current Earth, but their Earth 2 was brought back as Earth 2. So, it's the same thing uh Billy Batson is still the, now the Wizard, uh Captain Marvel Jr. is still doing the trials of Shazam, right. and Mary Marvel is still being a whore. So, <laughs> uh the what's going to what's going to happen though is their their planet is still up their original planet. So, it yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's... Well, it's
1: basically, it's still, like, it's... It's still a new Earth, but their Earth is still out there.
0: Yes, their original Earth. Right. So,
1: okay. yeah, that's that's how that is. Alright. Um, we're gonna go right into The Child of Sazam, number 11, since we're talking about Black Adam, number 6. Um, this is number 11 of 12, and it's... You know, one more issue to go, and you know it's it's really kind of sad to see that these books aren't getting enough attention. I know that the Marvel family has never been a huge property for DC, and it seems like they really are trying to you know revive them. And both of these titles have been really good, but the trousers exam has been excellent. And you know it's the it's the second to last chapter, so not not much happened, but you got to the point where. Freddy's trying to track down all all the gods to you know have a trial to get their power because he needs to be the new Captain Marvel because you know Billy is now the wizard. And he has an adversary I, I forgot her name. Her name's like Abina or something and she has tracked she's tracking down the gods too and she's getting half of their power. So at this point Freddy is basically one god ahead of her. And there's only two gods left and that's Mercury and Zeus. So this issue deals with Mercury, who is the god of speed, and him, Billy just, or excuse me, Freddy just trying to use the Shadow Pact to track down Mercury, and Mercury's just running around, he doesn't want to be found, and that's kind of the great human element of the story, is that Winnick has chosen to make the gods mortal. So these gods are men, and they have families, and... These guys don't want to give up their power. They don't want to die. They just want to live their lives. And it's, it's... I don't know. At one point you're like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous. You're a god. Whatever. But they're kind of taking this attitude like... You know, the humans don't even deserve this. You know, you we see what you've done. You, you don't deserve this power. And that's... A, I think that's the best aspect of the story. But... How this ends is... Abina... Captures um, Mercury's human children and holds them for ransom. And of course we know how that's going to play out. Mercury comes to get his kids. She kills him and gets all of his power. So now her and Freddy are completely even in terms of the power of the gods. So now the last god left is Zeus and it's going to be you know a race to see who can get to Zeus first and who can get the power. And The very last page is that Freddy enlists the help of the Justice League to help him. So, you know, it's one of the last page Justice League moments, which is how how often do you see that. But it's, it's an amazing book. And, you know, if you guys can get it in trade, definitely check it out. And I hope that this really leads into something big for Captain Marvel. And I hope that when this is collected in trade that a lot of people go out and read it. Because Winnick is doing some amazing things here. I mean, Tomasi did the same thing with Black Adam. And I just don't want to see these characters, you know, go back into Oblivion.
0: Speaking of uh, characters going back into Oblivion, uh, let's talk about New Avengers number two real quick. Because I want to know how pissed you were to see your old Peter Parker one last time.
1: New Avengers annual number two was lovely. I loved it. It was
0: great. It was a a great, fun book, but I just, I loved it because... In the middle of it, you know, Peter takes off his mask in front of everybody and stuff like that. And it's so, like, oh, apart from the brand new day stuff. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of funny. It took me out of the story just a little bit, but in an okay way. Yeah,
1: I mean, I was, if anything, I am, you know, I'm completely anti-brand new day. So if I see something like this, like, in my head, I just have to. I just have tunnel vision. So in my head, brand new day, it's not happening, it, it's never happened. So, reading New Avengers, this just seemed right, you know what I mean? It's nice, yeah.
0: Well, I just, yeah, the part where he pulls back his mask was funny. But, uh, no, I mean, basically it was just one big fight issue, but there was some great little banter in the middle of it, and I love Spider-Man taking the baby as soon as the, the you know, bad guys broke in and comes back, right. and he's like, uh, baby's okay, by the way, and Luke's like, well, I, you, I was going to kill you.
1: Yeah, baby's okay, <laughs> by the way.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's... Just a lot of well-written little banter moments, and
1: and how was, cool is the hood?
0: Hood was cool. He's a viable threat.
1: Yeah, he's he's really up there as a main villain. But it,
0: like when he's threatening, uh, was it Tigra? Yeah. And then she comes back at the end in, into
1: the fight. I was like,
0: oh yeah, <laughs> I was like watching a Rocky match or something like that. I was I was cheering.
1: I think the but the main fallout from this issue is that it looks like Doctor Strange is no longer going to be part of the new Avengers
0: yeah I was a little disappointed about this because uh, this is the only book I've read it in but it's the I've really liked the way he's written this book and he's kind of a he kind of is a glue that seems to hold a team together when when everyone else is very quick to start fighting and bickering he's kind of the one that says hey hey hey, hey okay, let's, let's calm it down a bit uh, which you know they're in his house so I, I'd be the same dude Amongst the group, like, knock it off! <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, it's, I think it's got... a, it's an
1: interesting way to take the character, because when Doctor Strange first started, he was this arrogant doctor who lost, or, you know, a surgeon who lost the ability to use his hands, and that's what started his quest, to, you know, to go after the Ancient One in a way to, to heal himself. And then he became the Master of the Mystic Arts, and after World War Hulk, his he can't use his hands anymore. And... So, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with this character. I don't know if this is going to spin off into a new Doctor Strange miniseries, because I had the same, um, I had the same feeling that you did. Like, I normally don't like Doctor Strange all that much, but he's been a huge part of this book. So, I don't know. Maybe Bendis is going to bring him back some way, but I guess we'll just see. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's going to be a different team dynamic next time, because, of course, Spider-Man's going to be brand new day Spider-Man. Uh, right, Doctor Strange is off the
1: team. So, oh, in the end, at the very end, we see Jessica Jones going to register herself because she wants to keep her baby safe, and I'm sure that's going to have you know a big reaction with the, the Avengers and Luke Cage. You think?
0: You think that might be a little Skrull-y?
1: Well, I mean, we've already the first thing that we saw with the when it came to the scrolls was the baby's eyes being green. Exactly. So. I'm not sure if that's going to come back and play... I mean, obviously going to come back and play in somewhere, but maybe sooner than later. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, with your recommendation, so to speak, I, I picked up Countdown to Final Crisis, number 13. <laughs> yeah? And I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> do you want to kill me to death? <laughs> yes! See, that's <laughs> the first thing I see. And apparently... um. No, I was reading some kind of article, and I guess that's some kind of inside joke about something. I don't know. I don't get it. Well, but I when it's, I...
0: it's supposed to be just a throwaway line. Like, it, it's, it's a line that shows his immaturity, that he's not Superman. He's still Superboy inside. But
1: but do you want to really do that? I mean, don't you want to try to, like, turn Superboy or Superman Prime into, you know, a believable character?
0: I think they've lost all hope of doing that. So, And I don't know if they actually killed him in this book.
1: I don't think I'm so I'm not I think, sure I think Jeff Johns still says that he has the rights to him and that Super Bowl or that he's supposed to have a big impact on the DC universe somewhere else
0: okay well I like this book for a couple different reasons first of all the fight
1: of course he did
0: Monarch and Superboy Prime was uh, Monarch is Captain Adam it's been retconned where he's Captain Adam but he unleashes the, the beast inside and he nukes the city and it was kind of cool like you see Donna Troy actually cover up Ray Palmer with their body and then Kyle comes in and saves him. But I mean, I didn't know she could take a nuclear blast. That was kind of cool. Um, it was a moment that I really liked was, uh, the Batman of Earth 51 gets killed and, uh, Jason ends up murdering the Joker. That was,
1: yeah, I knew you were going to like that. uh, I was,
0: I was like, in, and uh, you you can tell like it visibly affected him and and Kyle's like, you okay? And Jason's like, I I just kind of need a minute. then, you see him walk off, and then he comes back, and he's like, "All right, I'm good to go." And you see what happened to the Joker later, but uh,
1: but which they've,
0: they've really gone a lot, a, a very long way in in developing Jason's character. Like he's still hardcore, but um, I I don't know what they're gonna where they're gonna go with him.
1: Though. Okay, I have, I have a couple of questions again. Um, number one, who what Joker was that? Because I thought that. The Joker on this Earth had been killed by Bruce Wayne?
0: Uh, was. Uh, this is just a Joker from one of the various uh, planets that was recruited into Monarch's Army.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Now, what about. Again, maybe this is a nitpick, and I haven't been reading the book, but, like, what about Donna Troy all of a sudden going from the Wonder Girl outfit to her Troya outfit in, like, a panel? Was that. No, I don't know, Is it's like, like
0: it's like she kept it on her in a very convenient place or something like that, because she changed clothes in the span of, like, one panel, and it was like, whoa, oh, that, was, that was, <laughs> that was quick. Yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't I sure if that was
1: supposed point. to happen, or...
0: No, I I think it was, but I think it was just done kind of, like, off-panel very, very quickly, because I, I flipped back and forth just to make sure I wasn't missing anything.
1: Alright, I mean, we have the death and total destruction of Earth-51. So that's another... Yeah. Yeah. So it's all it's all gone. And apparently Darkseid is coming up. Yeah. And he's been, he's been behind all the stuff with the monitors.
0: Yeah, I guess the part with Monarch is kinda done. I think this put the the uh, finale onto that. But uh from what I've read, Dark Side's been pulling more strings than we think, and this is the first time he's actually stepped into the arena and and uh shown that he's involved with the monitors. Which is kinda yeah. messed up, so
1: I'm just trying to, obviously I haven't been a huge fan of this whole thing, but I'm just trying to, like, figure out what's going on and, like, how exactly this is going to play in the Final Crisis, because at issue 13, you think we should have some idea, like, some clues or something, so.
0: Well, you, you've been officers for a very long time, too. I think Yeah, with, with I think a good lot, reason. Good reason. Yeah. Nothing you, happened. It's true, it's true, you came back at the right time, but I think from <laughs> here on out, we're gonna see. You know, more stuff with the multiverse being condensed. And, and, uh, you know, we've already seen the destruction of two Earths of the multiverse. We've seen the death of so many heroes and villains that they would have used to tell future stories. So, I don't know. But also, like, for a second I thought, well, maybe they'll leave Jason as Red Robin of a different universe. Because it'd be odd to have him in the DC universe with a Robin and a Red Robin running around. So... I, I still, I'm very curious to see where his place plays out.
1: Well, you think, I mean, are they, are they going to keep the challengers, and are they just going to make them, well, I mean... I don't they can't... think they
0: are, because they got Kyle in the core book.
1: Kyle in the core book, yeah, so I just, yeah.
0: And, uh, so I don't think he would be a challenger, and he's, looks like they're still grooming him to be kind of a street-level hero, and maybe incorporate him back into the Bat family or something like that, but
1: I don't know. Alright, well, I think I'm going to buy the rest of the issues now. I don't know, just because. So I guess we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see the dark side's going to be in it now because that's what I was really excited about, and I mean we haven't seen them at all. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we're getting close to the end.
0: Real quickly, I want to talk about Batman number six seventy-three. Uh, spotlighted mainly for Tony Daniels' art, uh, this was basically a trip through Bruce Wayne's mind, and with Grant Morrison at the wheel, that could be a very, very weird thing. Right. And, and it was like this. It felt like a, it felt like a weird drug trip because you're going through all these different points, and there's not a whole lot of continuity. And you know, parts are, of this are retcons of older continuity, or or reinstating older continuity. So you see Bruce Wayne's first confrontation with Joe Chill as Batman, mm-hmm. and you see how he kind of terrorized him and made him ter- uh, really afraid before he brought him in and brought him down, and so. That was kind of interesting. Uh, We also see... This is what's weird. is We see... We have Batmite, who is kind of a Silver Age uh, character. It's kind of the Mixelplik of the Batman books in the Silver Age. Right. But um, he's kind of acting as a bit of a guide through Bruce Wayne's mind as he's reliving all these memories. And we see Bruce Wayne coming out of the... state that he was in in Nanda Parbat at the during 52 which was cool but we also see him in a deprivation chamber and we see him following the death of Jason uh which it was kind of weird because there's multiple Robin costumes in different cases and it it looks like it was happening right after Jason died but then you see Stephanie Brown's costume in a case which was a little odd um the one thing I want to say about this is Tony Daniels' art was fantastic, because there's a few moments, especially during the Joe Chill flashbacks, where he tries to evoke the Bob Kane art style in a kind of modern twist. And so you get the the original Batman costume with kind of floppy ears and the big, huge belts and the very small bat symbol and stuff like that. Uh, very, very kind of uh, vampire-looking. And it was really cool. It was, it was very, very good art. And then we wake up at the end to see... One of uh, Grant Morrison's uh, four Batmen that are running around and Gotham has captured Bruce Wayne, who's just come out of having a heart attack. So I, I don't really know where this story's going, Grant Morrison. Right. I mean, Grant Morrison has this this idea of a story going. And the problem of it, it was broken up by the Ray Shagula thing, which killed so much of the momentum. But really, I'm, I'm in the dark. I, I have no idea what's going on.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: So, but the art was incredible. I, I gotta say that.
1: Yeah, he he's very, it's very modern. He's a very like uh, almost like the new Jim Lee. But yeah, his art is really good. It I is, like to see him on. Yeah, it is very else. Jim Lee esque. Well, what'd you think about Captain America number thirty four?
0: Fantastic. I have no complaints. About, well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back a little bit. Yeah. I I like this book a lot, and I like. Bucky is Captain America, a lot. I think he mm-hmm. was done very well. I think from from bringing his character to where he was brought back to this point has all just been a very linear progression. There's nothing that right. seems out of place or out of character. And I know there's been a lot of talk about the costume, and here's, I've said it before, is what kept me away from Captain America as a kid was the big, goofy, bright colors. Um yeah. Same same thing. I never read a whole lot of Superman as a kid for a lot of the same reason, but Captain America especially. And I I said about uh, Epstein's art was he made that costume very dark and no primary colors and anything like that, and it was very kind of grayish blue and dark red and stuff like that. And it fit in. Well, now we've got a very shiny Captain America costume again. And while in the book, it still it looks okay. It's Mm -hmm. still shiny, and I'm not really big on the shininess.
1: But that's yeah, you know,
0: that's nitpicking it, is
1: just right, picking apart right, right. the costume.
0: The the book, the story, Brubaker's story, and Nephew's pencil. There's there's nothing bad about this comic
1: book. Absolutely, yeah, it's really it's pretty much the perfect comic book, and it pretty much has been for a while. Um, I definitely can see what you're saying with the costume. I'm not sure if that's something that's going to stick around though, or maybe it's just going to be in this issue because it's the premiere of the costume. But that's definitely a concern. I was happy to see that. Because I've never seen that the whole costume. I was happy to see that, like, the whole bottom half is completely black.
0: Yeah, it's only the top part where his chest and shoulders and face are. It's, it's like a metallic because it's supposed to be bulletproof, because, which makes sense because it's armor. Because right. he's not, like, he doesn't have the serum and he's not Steve Rogers.
1: Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So, but how do you feel now about him having a gun? Because before you said that you were kind of against that.
0: Um, it seemed to work out well in this issue because it makes sense, <laughs> you know. Where where he he reminded me of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator Two after he's told he can't kill, which he uses the shield as kind of a diversion, and then as everyone's looking around at the shield banging into things, he shoots all these guys in the leg. And I was like, yeah, that's
1: that's that, that's brilliant. That was really cool. That was, that was a great way. I mean, it's kind of cheesy when you think about it, but it was a great way of showing that like this is not you know Steve Rogers. This is a new Captain America.
0: Right, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, there's something about his character and his—he's not Steve Rogers, which I like because as, as much as I like Steve Rogers as the big shining example, the Boy Scout, you know, standing, you know, broad-shouldered and all that kind of stuff. This is the guy who's not used to close-up combat since the war, and he's—he doubts himself. Like, this guy's got doubts. He knows he's not Steve Rogers, and right. he's got, you know, a very, very big legacy to fill. So, I think with that, that self doubt creates a conflict, and I like that, and I like the fact that he's paired up with Black Widow because I like the, I like that they have a past together, and she seems, for him, he's kind of got the same thing that Steve had, which is the man out of time thing, and I think that he's got an anchor with uh, Black Widow, that she kind of can help him keep centered, mm-hmm. and I think they have a very good dynamic together.
1: Yeah and uh this book also had a very very shocking ending um you basically find out that the red skull is he's attacking the the economy of america he's not really directly attacking america he's pretty much trying to make it you know implode just tear itself down which is a brilliant plan you know because it's definitely working and At the very end of this issue, we see that, you know, we know that the Red Skull has some of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents under his control, and there's a riot breaking out, and we see his S.H.I.E.L.D. agents show up at the riot and just start slaughtering and just shooting protesters. Yeah, so that's going to be a hit for Tony Stark. That was really in your face, too. Like That was pretty, you know, grizzled.
0: I think well, I think the fact that Epping's art is very realistic looking too, that I I I had the same reaction. I kind of pulled back at that moment. I was like, oh, yeah, like that. It felt it didn't feel like it was comic booky. You know,
1: it felt, no, it, it yeah, felt, it felt like you like watching
0: it on six o'clock news, is how it felt. And mm-hmm. I, and exactly. it, it's it 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 jars you. So, and I think that's also a testament to how into the story I was at that point too.
1: Right. And the it's fact totally...
0: that, as you you know, as you're watching the news on TV every night, this this totally seems like a plausible way to tear America apart. Because all we've seen lately is rising gas prices, and the mortgage crisis is not exactly a made up thing. You know that is a crisis that's happening right now, not to the same extreme.
1: Right. But uh, but it's it's still there.
0: Yeah. And so he he took these very real world issues and said, well, okay, what if they were exaggerated a bit? But what if someone was behind them for this purpose and it's, it's kind of scary so yeah
1: it's very scary because it's not really it's really not that far off i mean obviously i mean well we we obviously hope that it's not happening but you know it's it's, it's believable
0: yeah so i think that was the the big thing about the ending was you know you almost forget you're reading a, a book and you're really really into it at that point and then coupled with the very realistic take on everything, when people start just being slaughtered with machine Mm -hmm. guns, you're like, oh, oh, Jesus. So, Mm -hmm. like I said, great book. I mean, there's very few books where I'm that far into it, uh, just, you know, depth-wise, and where I'm not getting distracted by outside things.
1: Um, To go with that a great book that you totally get caught up in, Green Lantern number 27 was damn good.
0: Um, it was good. I'm gonna have I have a few nitpicks about this. No, no, no. No, this the story was good. The story was really good. Um and as much as I hate to say it because I really like uh McCohan's art or McCone's art,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he it looks like he was rushed in this issue a bit. Because no, there's I this art looked great. Well, there's just a few things. Like there's parts where they're in the cafeteria where some of the Green Lanterns don't have their insignias or their badges. But then the next panel they do, and I was like, well, okay, but all right. And then uh, uh, Bodica, who's one of the Lost Lanterns, who becomes an Alpha Lantern in this book, she's not supposed to have a right hand.
1: Yeah, that was one thing, because sometimes it's her hand's not there, and then other times it is.
0: Yeah, and so that really bothered me, because that's kind of that was the big thing from Emerald Twilight, was Hal Jordan cut off her hand. And so yeah. that that really bothered me, and I was like, "Okay, come on, just get it right." And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't she already made into an Alpha Lantern before this book? Because I felt like there was some continuity that was off.
1: No, because I don't think we, we've never seen the Alpha Lanterns before this.
0: I swear to God that we had. Maybe, it may, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of like a previews issue or something. We, yeah,
1: we've seen we've seen promos of her and it, her being an, an Alpha Lantern, but we didn't know what that was.
0: Okay. So, yeah, that's that must have been it. But, yeah, I mean, they go through a very graphic, surgical process.
1: Yeah, like, so the whole thing is that, you know, they're announcing the Alpha Lanterns. Alpha Lanterns are going to monitor the Green Lantern Corps because with the, these new laws, you know, the first one being able to use lethal force... They need someone they need lanterns from within to monitor monitor everyone. And this and this arises
0: from a case where one of the lost lanterns has just killed Avinsur after he's already surrendered. Yeah. Not Abinsur but
1: Abincer's son. Yeah, Amonsur. And they go through and you, you don't know what's going hap- going to happen with these Alpha Lanterns. They ask Jon Stewart to do it, and John Stewart's like, Yeah, this doesn't really seem all that great, so I'm gonna pass and you see the Guardians say that they're very disappointed. and That was kind of... Even that right there kind of gave me chills.
0: Yeah, but, but I mean, it was a smart movie. You know, it's like, I'm not going to sign up for anything. Because they wouldn't tell him exactly what it entailed. And he's like, I'm not going to sign up for something that... You can't tell me what it's about.
1: Right. But we see that the Alpha Lanterns are... You know, they're lanterns, but they're infused with the power of the Manhunters also.
0: Yeah, it... it this was more just less a creepy Frankenstein feel for me. I was like, oh. Because at the end, you kind of see the extent of how they've been reconstructed. And they're very much more machine and living at this point. And uh, I was just like, oh, oh. It was it was kind of weird. But uh, Yeah,
1: I mean, plus, I mean, you know, we all know how the Manhunters worked out. And so just to see the Guardians going back and embracing that is also scary in itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, you you think that the Guardians are maybe heading down a, a tougher path because this is still preparing for the rest of the the rules to be unveiled.
1: Right. And then we see Sinestro and his cell smiling again because he's getting exactly what he wants.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there was also some nice touches uh, early on with one of the Sinestro Corps rings coming back to Earth and looking for someone who could inspire great fear.
1: Yeah. And it went
0: to the Scarecrow in Arkham, and he almost got it.
1: Yeah, that was that was really good. I like that a lot. But man, I just can't believe that Jeff Johns is just it's still going up. Even after the, the Sinestro Corps War is over. I mean the book is still on point. It's just amazing to me.
0: Yeah, there's there's so much greatness about this book. It's fantastic. And uh I don't know, there's a bit with uh, in Space Sector six fifty with one of the guardians who was very scarred up mm-hmm. and uh looks like she's I think it's a she recruiting uh, someone for some kind of special mission.
1: And it looks like she's for she's dead. Friend.
0: Is she dead? Is that it?
1: Yeah, because she she's telling him that he needs to track down the anti-monitors uh, corpse okay. for some reason, and she has on one of the black rings, and those rings are supposed to, you know, bring back the dead. And he kind of looks at her like, you know, are you okay? Do the other guardians know that you're here? And she's like, of course um you see that like in her eyes so i i i guess she's dead
0: yeah, see i didn't know if she was dead or not i just thought they were kind of sifting through the remains of a lot of people but i don't know it's uh it was good it was damn good it's still it, this book never stops like i said I, no. it was just a few nitpicks with the art i thought the cover was a little funny as well because it's just kind of gratuitous with uh, that lost lantern on the front but um other than that it was just a really really good book
1: well, you're just hard to please, aren't you? I
0: apparently. Well, what 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 should I have against sexy aliens? And here I am sitting here saying no, they shouldn't no. be uncovered. But Jeez. No, I,
1: what's wrong with you? I don't
0: know. So, uh, really quick, or also, I uh, I want to talk briefly about why the last man. I did not buy the last issue because I'm reading it in trades.
1: Okay, and don't spoil anything for me.
0: I'm not because I don't know, and okay, I've been hearing that everything is really good about it, but. There will be discussion about it later. I, I just want to say yeah. that because I I felt bad that I couldn't pick that as uh, as the book of the week. Right. So I, I just want to say there there will be discussion later once it has been read.
1: Yeah, I really need to catch up on all those, but I definitely yeah I definitely want to finish that story out too. Because from what I've heard, it's all been good too.
0: Yeah, I I kind of went through my store and I asked them if they had the, the last five or six back issues, so. So I could just skip ahead and read it all in one night. But unfortunately, they were missing some issues. So I was like, ah, okay, i got to wait until May or something like that. So also, I've started reading the trades to Astonishing X-Men. And I'm getting caught up on that. So I'm going to pick up the second trade this next week. And I'm, I'm just saying, damn, that's some good X-Men. Oh,
1: see, look at you. After
0: everything in the Messiah complex, to, to just have this as just a just a just kind of a standalone. But you see where the new costumes came in. Uh, You see a lot of the team dynamic. as just like, oh, this this was the X Men I'm looking for.
1: Yes, astonishing is a perfect X Men book to start off with because you know it's not in continuity and it's pretty much the best story. You know, speaking of Messiah Complex, I just have to say that I really think Marvel dropped the ball this week. You know, we've had every single chapter of Messiah Complex come out weekly through all the books, and then last week we had the finale and we should have had an X-Book should have come out this week with, you know, the epilogue Yeah, and I really think that I mean, I can understand, you know, they're relaunching the books and that's going to happen in a couple months with all new teams and I can understand that because you don't want to, like, force things on people right away, but a book should have come out this week hands down, we should have seen some aftermath, a finale the epilogue, and I thought that that was pretty, pretty weak
0: uh, a few questions. First of all, like I, I have some kind of background in X Men. Like I know who the characters are, and I know what happened to Colossus and stuff like that. Right. Um. Now I never remember seeing Kitty during the Complex. Was she in it at all?
1: No, Kitty Pride has not been anywhere. And this is kind of where it gets, it gets kind of iffy because Astonishing is in and out of continuity. So Kitty Pride. Has you'll see her at the school in some of the X books, but she hasn't had an important role in any other X book other than Astonishing. Okay, which is that's also a very big indicator that she might not be coming back.
0: Well, that's what I was scared of because say the whole Cassidy's whole run of X Men or of Astonishing takes place like before the Messiah Complex, and it takes place you know kind of right when they get their costumes, and then that's a little chunk of time, and then the rest of the X books follow. And if she, because I remember seeing Colossus in, in Messiah Complex, so I know, like, he's still around.
1: Right, so Kitty is, Kitty is there, but she just wasn't in the book. So you'll see her a lot in the new X-Men books, because those are more, you see the X-Men taking on teacher roles. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see her in that, and you'll see her at the school, like I said, sometimes in one of the X-Books, but she, she hasn't been important in any book other than Astonishing.
0: Okay, yeah. Well I was just really impressed. I don't know where Xavier is in Astonishing either, so I'm assuming they explain that later.
1: Yeah, you do see you do see him eventually. But, um oh yeah. Actually he, he has a very he has a very big role early on in Astonishing.
0: Okay, yeah, I've I've just finished the first trade, so like I said I'm gonna pick up the next uh, the second one this week. And, oh, it that was good. It was just really, really good. So I'm very yeah, happy yeah. with that. All right. I uh, want to make a quick recommendation. Also, I picked up the uh, trade of Black Hole by Charles Burns, and this is—it's an indie book. It's black and white. It's—it is very critically acclaimed as far as comic books go. Um, It's—it's new, but it, it got fantastic reviews. And I'd seen artwork for it. Uh, this guy's done artwork for various music albums and stuff like that. He's been around for a while, but he wrote a book about. Uh, teenagers in the 70s in Seattle and the story is basically involving a, an STD that's going among the teenagers that kind of deforms them a bit oh. and then also there's a bit of uh, murder mystery near the end of this book but at, at its heart what this book really is is just kind of that kind of lost feeling that you have when you're a teenager and trying to figure out what's what to do with your life or who you want to be um, about really wanting that freedom and not being held under by your parents in the previous generations and just kind of wanting to be your own person and stuff like that, which this book can get a little convoluted at times, but it's also very poignant at other moments as well. And it feels very, very human, uh, in, in some instances. So, uh, I recommend it for anyone who, who wants to give it a try. It, they sell them this book at borders and I'm sure you can find it at your local comic book store. Uh, it's called black hole. And, uh, it's it's it good. All, it, it's a little graphic as well,
1: but is just, it all self-contained? Does it have a beginning and an end, or is it? Yeah, it,
0: it's a collected book, so it's okay. it's just a collected story. But uh, just to warn you, it's a little little out there, and it's a little graphic. But um, also, it, it's a good read. It's a good read. So that does it for us this week. Uh, we will be back next week with more comic book reviews and news for you. Um, If you have any questions or comments about the show, uh, content you'd like to see, we always like to uh, hear what you think, Uh, you can email us at contact at fanboystrikeback.com. And uh, we also have our website, www.fanboystrikeback.com, and that is where we post our written reviews every week and also news about movie trailers, uh, artists that are switching from Marvel to DC and stuff like that, which just annoys David so much that it's fun to watch.
1: Um, yeah, you're gonna. I'm gonna put up the the new pick. We have the first picture of uh, Mark Bagley's art on DC. It's a pick of a uh, Spider-Man. Wonder... or I keep on saying Spider-Man, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. He's not drawing yeah. Spider-Man
0: anymore. You gotta, you gotta uh, get used I, to
1: that. I, I don't. That's War like Lord a knife Bagley's in my heart. Spider-Man. That is like a knife in my heart. The the bad thing is, is that these characters, the DC characters he's drawing look really good, like his Batman looked really good and I'm just like, damn it, that means I'm gonna have to buy this book and I'm probably gonna like it and that's the last thing it wants
0: yeah, yeah, it's good, there's nothing bad about that,
1: everything's so, bad about DC, you,
0: you just wait till Epkins John's drawing, uh, or not Bagley, and you just wait until Bagley's drawing Jason Todd then I'm gonna do a little, a little Irish it's gonna be awesome, just wait Jason
1: Todd's it. gonna die at the final crisis no one cares about him uh, nah, he's, he's around, he's back. Exactly.
0: So, he's... so anyways, we, we have all of this going on at the website, so come over, check it out. Uh, we have our forums there.
1: Yeah, uh, check out the website, there's a link to our forums, or you can go to thecomicforums.com, look under the Fanboy Strike Back forum, you come there, we talk about the books of the week, uh, we talk about everything, video games, TV, art, whatever, you can come there, uh, just talk under the threads that we have, or you can create your own threads. And just, you know, let us know what you want to talk about. Let yourself be be known and heard. And uh, you can catch us on iTunes, Podcast Alley, or any podcatcher out there. If you do like our show, uh, please leave us a review. Um, any feedback, positive, negative, we want to know what we can do to, you know, make the show better. And we love feedback. So, I think that that's it for this week. Jeez, there was a lot of books.
0: Yeah. So uh, that'll do it for us. I'm Eric. I'm David. And we'll see you next time.